Welcome to F World Podcast, episode 12. This is the continuing the Corona series, uh, coronavirus special report series. Um, so it seems that a lot of people are moving, and that's uh, really fascinating. It seems that people are not wanting to live in the city as much anymore, and they're really able to work from home and able to have the online from home access for school and for their work. And this is really changing the shape of American, you know, residency. Uh, I think, I think it's going to be a big deal. So that being said, um, I myself moved recently and I was wondering, you know, maybe I could talk a little bit about that. Uh, what ideas do I have for moving? Um, so how do I avoid paying extra for gas on a rented moving truck? So what, happen is, what happens is if you buy or if you, if you rent a moving truck and then you return it and you don't fill the tank up to the same level that it was at when you were taking the truck out, you get charged, in my case, it was $4 per gallon U.S., and the gas is only about you know two dollars per gallon, so essentially you'd be paying double, and that can turn into about you know twenty extra dollars that you're paying. Now keep in mind the rental truck cost me about sixty to seventy dollars for a day, and I had to get a bigger truck. So the best way you can do this is at the counter when you get the truck, ask what size the tank is. Uh, in my experience, the largest truck that I had had a forty gallon tank, so I used twenty five percent of the tank. And that meant only 10 gallons. In my experience, what happened to me was I just took a guess. And I thought I would fill it up to a random number. And I went with 10 gallons. And that turned out to be 25% of the tank. And it was perfect. And I really was super tired. And I didn't want to mess with it anymore. So I really lucked out. Um, you could also You can also take a guess and then fill it up. Like if you believe that you've... If you know that you've used 25% of the tank, and you know I think a lot of tanks might be around 40, 40 gallons, so go for $10. If you believe you have like a medium size, and maybe the tank is probably, keep in mind a pickup truck generally I think has like about a, a minivan I know has a 20 gallon tank. So in that case, if you're driving like a minivan sized truck, then you might have a 20 gallon tank. So chances are your tank is going to be 30 to 40 gallons gallons and um depending on the size the largest will be probably 40 all right so any other ideas for moving what ideas do you have now i totally forgot about this but there is something called moving pods p-o-d-s and you have to google it they bring a metal shipping container and set it on your driveway or your parking lot if you're in an apartment and then uh you fill up that pod with all of your stuff and then I believe they move it to your new place. They just pick the pot up and move it. And it's very smart because it's very efficient. So there's this typically this constraint when you're moving that you can only move, pack, unpack, load, unload uh, everything in one day. And, you know, if you have a house and not just an apartment, it gets really complicated. Um, so this way, I'm not sure how long they let you have the pot in your driveway or a parking lot. But if they let you have it for a month, then you know that you will be able to um, you know, fill it up for the full month and take all the time you need. So that really changes the whole dynamic. Okay? Not, they, only all, they also do um, 
storage. So they also provide storage as an option. So if you're somebody who needs to store some stuff, um, I know I had a college roommate who lived out West. Um, you know, he lived several hours away. So all of his stuff he put in storage over the summer. And I think that's the best use of storage that you could possibly think of. You know, he's definitely going to come back to the area and resume college in September. And so putting his stuff in the meantime was a great way to keep it, not have to move it back and forth. Um, so another one, how do I find help for moving? So I used U-Haul. And the good news is that they have created a marketplace in their app and website, and it has third-party movers who even pack, unpack, and clean as well, depending on what you select. Uh, but make sure you book out your appointment early enough, like as soon as you know you're going to move. And then also the other thing is that you know you can also change the times with them as well, but you need to make sure that you do so. Um, so that was a really, really good resource, and the people who came were really good. So what do I do about carpet stains? So one of my neighbors got hit with a $2,000 carpet replacement bill. I paid a carpet steamer only about $135 to clean out uh, paint, uh, silly putty, and hair dye. All of it came out perfect. Um, the trick is making sure that your carpet cleaner does not miss any spots. Uh, they may walk around, but you have to make sure that they notice those spots. You can put down a piece of paper a uh, paper towel on the spots or and mark them as you go or even masking tape just stick the masking tape to the spot or next to the spot and uh, whatever you have so um and also don't forget to keep the receipts that you have for things that you spend on not only can um not only can you you might be able to um claim it but you know you need to give it to the apartment people and then that helps stop them from charging you you know uh depending i think that it becomes tricky for them to take security deposit money if you're going to give these receipts to them it also depends on what's in the lease so um it can get very very involved um you know you could go to small claims court if you want as well and um if you have those receipts then you would definitely need that um, so I really liked that service, the moving help. And the uh, carpet stain guy was really good too. So now into the COVID questions more directly. Should I send my kids back to school? Oh boy, this is a really tough one. I think if you must for work reasons or other, something like that, then you really must and you don't have much of a choice. Um, if you have the luxury of keeping them at home, I think it's probably for the best. Um, also, depending on the age and how well you believe that your child can follow the rules is important. The best advice to ha is to have them play with someone, other kids, uh, play with some other kids, set up some kind of play date with a neighbor or something like that, and see if they can manage not taking their masks off and following the rules. Basically, give it a trial run. Uh, also, this can be used to let them practice the new reality so the kids get a chance to practice doing it. Uh, I think if we have to, I think kids can do this. Um, and if staying home is an option, then keep in mind that school from home will also be better this time too, I think. It'll be more systematic and effective than it was in March of 2020. Um, teachers and administrators have been working really hard to make September even more like normal and more effective. And we really don't want this generation to become a lost generation. So also make sure you thank your teachers. I think that 
everybody has been really supportive and appreciative of first responders. But I think, you know, teachers are also right up there too because it's really tough. So, um, and then the last one, which is really most interesting to me, is um, or very interesting, is which mask do I wear? A study just came out of Duke University detailing the best masks. The N95 is supposed to be the best, however, you can't find them so easily. There is a mask online called the KN95, and this is definitely not the same level of quality of the mask. I don't recommend it. Uh, The next best, according to the study, is the surgical mask. And these are usually blue or yellow. They're kind of like a paper, um, and they have folds on the front and a few layers. The most important thing being that there's a few layers. A cotton mask is the next best, uh, next best um, only if it has more than one layer. The next best is the gaiter. Um, I have been wearing gaiters, and I didn't know that they weren't necessarily the, the best mask for you. Uh, they're kind of like a turtleneck that hugs your face, and I like the fact that the sides were covered up, and that's why I wore them. The testing rated on them low because usually they have only one layer. So if you use one of these, make sure you have one with at least two layers or fold it over on itself. Uh, and lastly is a bandana, which is um, the worst mask. It's just too thin and too loose. Remember the important thing about wearing a mask is to help protect others. And please do not get in fights with people. <laughs> the best thing to do is to stay away from those individuals and just keep the distance. And if you must do something... Tell the business owner or manager of wherever you are. So, I mean, if you really feel like you have to do something, then, you know, mention it. Now, keep in mind, some stores have different policies. I believe Walmart doesn't have any policy on wearing masks that you can go in without a mask and they will not complain. And um, so that's, I mean, it's very tricky. At the same time, the Walmart near me also has a security guard who looks pretty serious and I mean, if you think about it from the stores, the the company's stance, it's like they're trying to make everybody kind of get what they want out of the situation and they're trying to be kind of neutral. You know, if some people don't want to wear a mask, then they're like, well, you know, that's your prerogative, I guess. However, um, it could lead to altercations. So in my mind, I kind of think that if they had a unified code where they're making everybody wear a mask, then you know, maybe you won't get fistfights or stabbings in front of the Walmart, you know? I don't know, just saying. So, uh, there's that. Anyway, um, another thing is that I was reading some news that Abbott Labs recently had, um, approval for a testing, um, device of some sort or, uh, and supposedly it's supposed to be like, an I think, I don't want to give you the wrong information, but it's just a, pretty short period of time they can tell if a person has COVID or not. So this really is going to be a game changer if it works. Now, I was telling a friend of mine and my friend was like, well, honestly, I mean, would you be able to rely on the results? I mean, this virus is a tricky little bugger. So I don't know what to think about that necessarily. Um, we'll see. Um, I'd like to see this this Abbott Labs thing work out really well and, and be very effective in testing for the virus really quickly. Um, that'd be really nice. Will there ever be a vaccine for this? I don't know. I mean, I can tell you one thing. I think that a lot of the information that we got in March and February was 
was kind of, it's very different. It seems like some of that information wasn't really accurate. And a lot of the scientists around the world were just stuck with their hands in their pockets. They really didn't have anything that they could answer or be sure about. So I think that um, it's really interesting and we'll have to see. Well, that's it for this week. Um, make sure you check out my YouTube and uh, it's Simprillion. Um, and, you know, lots of other things coming down the pike. I'm also working on my comic book. Should have issue two coming out. Um, that's on Perseverse.com. Well, thank you very much and take care, everybody.